Hi, and welcome to the Oklahoma drill. Hang on, I'm going to do that again because I don't know if that got recorded. Um, welcome to the Oklahoma drill. This is just Ryan and Alex. We're going to be reviewing the Kansas State game and talking a little bit about the playoff rankings that just came out. Um, so how are we feeling? How are we feeling, Alex? Um, well, I think from an on-the-field standpoint, um, this past weekend, that was probably the strongest performance we put on the field, I, w- would you say? Like, from both sides of the ball? Yeah, yeah. The, um, yeah, the offense was, I mean, we've come to expect it, but, like, the offense was astonishingly good. Like, um, averaging, again, just over a first down per play. Yep. I mean, just the pure the pure numbers of like 702 yards is just absurd. It's really high, again for a team that doesn't actually move particularly fast, and going against a team that actively attempts to move slowly. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we wound up running 68 plays for those those yards. Like that's just absurd. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And. I have a stat that um, no, I'm gonna have to find it real quick. It's one of the most unbelievable stats I think I've ever seen in my life as a sports fan. Um, but I think it's it was something along the lines of yeah, OU ranks 128th out of 130 FBS teams with just 60.6 offensive plays per game, but it ranks seventh nationally with 526.3 yards per contest. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We run the just, third fewest plays in the Just the, the reality country. of, like, if we really wanted to kick this thing into high gear, we could, like, score 80 or 90, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it's unbelievable how good... And, you know, we've talked about it. Like, I remember last year, um, I think we did a podcast that was just like, guys, this offense is amazing. It's just not completely clicking yet. Yeah. Um, Do you remember that podcast? I do. I do. Um, And it kind of, we kind of went through that same type thing this year, but maybe at a higher level. And now, like, just like last year, we started clicking um, we are fully clicking. Like these last yeah. two offensive performances have been just absurd. And even like the Texas performance was really, really good. Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of there are a lot of statistics. Like our success rate was very, very good in that game. Yeah. Um, the only reason why we were behind the way we were was because of turnovers. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, things are clicking at a level that we've never really seen. Um, offensively, uh, and it's it's just so much fun to watch. Um, yeah, obviously, what Kyler Murray is doing, we've talked we talk about it every every podcast because mm-hmm. just my God, we have to keep saying it because it's incredible. Yeah, like just the raw numbers: two thousand three hundred twenty nine yards, twelve point seven yards per pass attempt. Just stupid. Yeah. Um, 73.2% completions um, and 28 touchdowns. It's only three interceptions with the quarterback rating of 227.3. So, 
like that's just, the uh, one. It's like, yeah, just the reality of just the reality of like Baker's records, which were incredible, are getting broken this year. Like he's gonna, yeah. like he's gonna go from first to third all time in one year. Yep, he is. He yeah. is. Um, yeah, we don't really. I mean, Tua is. We, everybody knows about Tua. Like everybody knows about he's Tua. playing great, and his efficiency is even higher right now. But I will say, those numbers are getting closer to each other. Kyler and Tua are getting closer to each other. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the defenses that we're going to be playing the rest of the year compared to what Tua is going to be playing, yeah, um, I don't. I kind of think Kyler's going to pass him by the end of the year because I I don't see any reason why Kyler's efficiency would dip. Yeah, because we we've played the best defenses we're gonna play. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just about, I mean, the offense clicking from here on out. Like I don't see us slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, it's uh, um, yeah. Uh, shout out to Kennedy Brooks. Let's go there next. Who has should be starting, but it's fine. Whatever Lincoln's doing is clearly working. Um, he remains like he's still averaging more than 10 yards a carry, even now that he's getting like a proper r- workload in a game. Um, he's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I'm really he's happy aver- that we found that we've like found him for this, you know? Yeah. He's averaging almost 12 yards carry 11.9, um, which just absurd. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I will, I do want to give like mad props to Trey Sermon because First of all, he played in this game, which yeah. in itself was kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was his best performance of the year. Yeah, if I'm he being was honest. really good. Like he I had mean, eight. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say this is the sort of team where Trey Sermon really can flash it because it's like he's not going up, and, you know, guys who can beat him at speed wise. Like so, you know, guys who are slower than him and can make mistakes like it's a problem he presents a real hurdle yeah um yeah and that's what and state is well and the thing was like he had eight carries for 58 yards and then he had four receptions for 27 yards so it's not like a it wasn't like a dominating performance Mm -hmm. but i just thought the way and it's probably a lot to do with kansas state like you said Mm-hmm. Not the most athletic team that we have played uh, by any means. <laughs> um, so it was a good matchup. And I thought I thought he looked really quick out there on the field. I thought he looked a little bit more decisive. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, my, you know, maybe it's just it's a K-State thing. But, yeah. you know, definitely one of his stronger performances. Uh, back to Kennedy Brooks, you know, five carries, 94 yards for two touchdowns. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, 18.8 yards a carry. Like. I mean, obviously, you want to see him get more carries, but this game was so over from, like, pretty much mid-first quarter yeah. that you can't really, mm-hmm. you know, give those kind of numbers much, you know, you can't really put much stock into it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, I mean, the thing with him is that I think matchups like this aren't even necessarily going to be where he's going to shine the most. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I think a, a going up against Texas Tech this next week is going to be a more favorable matchup for Kennedy Brooks uh-huh. um, than it will would have been for Trey Sermon. But, yeah. um, I mean, the dude, the dude's pretty good. Like, one thing that I, <laughs> I really enjoyed after this game is, because I always, I mean, I'm constantly on, like, stupid message boards. Uh-huh. And just, like, 
how ridiculous these things can get sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, there was literally a, a thread on this board that I was on that was arguing about Kennedy Brooks's speed. And there were just, you know, tons of people talking about, yeah, he's not very fast. You know, it's like, I'm like, what have you been watching all year? Like, yeah. he's fast enough. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, yeah. that dude outran multiple guys with really good angles on him mm-hmm. on that long touchdown yeah. run. Shout out to he, the move he put on the last guy on that run, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then he jukes out the last guy. Like, that... I mean, I don't know what else you want to see from this guy to yeah. prove. Like, I I think honestly, the way he runs, like, it's just such an effortless thing that it oh. looks like he's not moving that fast when he really is. Like, he's taking yeah. up more space than he looks like. Yeah, it's yeah, I agree. Um, of course, you know, <laughs> one factor going into these guys really both hitting their stride is that the offensive line is like doing it now. Oh yeah, yeah. They've yeah. they figured it out up front, and that's really exciting. Yeah, and I am like, I was never. There were a lot of people voicing concern about where this offensive line was, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much through the Baylor game, and it was, you know, it was easy to do. They were they were just making some dumb mistakes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just that's kind of what I think offensive lines do, you know, like. Yep. I talk about, well, that's what this O-line does, but I don't think that's even fair. Like, I just, the idea of putting together, nowhere on a football team is it more crucial to play as a unit than the offensive line. Mm -hmm. So to expect an offensive line to be playing their best football from the very beginning of the season, and to expect them not to take some time, especially when you've got moving parts. Like, we moved Bobby Evans from right tackle to left tackle. We had to break in a new center. Mm -hmm. Um, Cody Ford switched positions. Like there's a lot of moving parts in that unit. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's going to take time. And Mm -hmm. now that they're really hitting their stride, like, I mean, this unit's probably better than it was last year. Yeah. Which is astonishing. But like, I mean, you see it in the blocking on a lot of these plays that break down. Um, you know, it's you get the real sense that if Kyler didn't have a desire to gain yardage, we could just end the football game. <laughs> yeah, <he'll> just, <laughs> because just the stand, line is just not getting in the through. pocket. Yeah. yeah, just just stand in the pocket for five minutes. Yeah, no, there, there's times when it, it just yeah, Kyler could probably take you know twenty seconds off the clock just standing back there if he wanted to, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's unbelievable to watch. Like Cody Ford, like. I can't get over watching Cody Ford play because that guy was as prototypical a guard as you will ever see last year. Like that dude, like if I were going to draw up a guard, create a guard in a lab, I would create Cody Ford. Like the physical attributes he had were tailor made to play guard. Mm -hmm. And it just so like happens that we have Drew Samia and Ben Powers who were two-year starters before this year. So we, we've got to find a way to get this guy on the field. Mm-hmm. And he's able to, you know, he loses some weight, and then he's able to become a dominant pass blocker. Like, yeah. that doesn't even make sense. Like, a guy that he's six foot four, 330 pounds, and then just nobody can get by him. Like, mm-hmm. he's obviously dominant in the run game, 
but just watching him pass block and just watching him dominate guys yeah. that are more athletic than he is is just mm-hmm. incredible to watch to me. Yeah. Um, really excited for Creed Humphrey as well, who has come to fill out that starting role like we expected him to. Um, he's one of those I guys. Really just, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just going to say that he's the guy on this offensive line that really makes me think that this is a better unit than last year. Yeah. Um, not to like say anything bad about Eric Ridd, but yeah. like Creed Humphrey is approximately 25 times more talented than Eric Wren. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, given the physical attributes, Eric, Creed Humphrey could easily play offensive guard and he wouldn't be undersized. He yeah. maybe could even shift outside. He wouldn't be like completely undersized to play tackle. And he's our freaking center. Like he's a massive individual. Yeah. And, you know, and they've been talking about him pretty much since the day he set foot on campus. Mm-hmm. I remember last year, Bill Biedenboe was talking about, yeah, freshmen aren't supposed to do what he's doing right now. Like he's, <laughs> he's not supposed to be able to do what he's doing. And here he is, you know, finally coming into his own with that. And like, we haven't had a guy like that that can like dominate the man in front of him at his position. And I, I don't think I've ever seen OU with that kind of center. Like, I just can't think of one. And like that, it's really awesome to watch. Like, you know, there's just, there's no, the closest thing we have to a physical weak link on this mm-hmm. offensive line is Drew freaking Samia. And that's pretty good because Drew Samia is playing his <laughs> yeah. ass off these last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, I mean, this line is great, and hey, their backups look pretty good too. So that's really fun. Yeah, yeah. We need okay, real quick. The backup offensive line. I, I, I feel romantic love for Bill Biedenboe when the starters are out there doing their thing. Mm-hmm. But like, where I really, there's no point where I love Bill Biedenboe more than when our second team offensive line has been on the field this year, and we look better than most first team offensive lines like imagine how how big of a difference would it make to florida state if they had our (laughs) second string offensive line yeah yeah like there are so many there are legitimate like powerhouse football programs in this country that Mm -hmm. like usc like their offensive line's terrible yeah like there are power five the ball like stanford Stanford can't really use our second second string line right now it's it's insane and like to see like bray walker got onto the field like on saturday and he pancaked the dude on like his first play like come on like yeah we might we might wind up losing four starters this year but what we're going to be replacing them with are guys that are probably even more talented than what we're losing which is stupid creed humphrey adrian ely bray walker like those those guys are going to be amazing for a few years. And that's really yeah. exciting. Yeah. And then that's not even mentioning Tyrese Robinson and Marquise Hayes, which yeah. Marquise Hayes is like the biggest person I've ever seen. Like just, <laughs> he is unbelievably big. Like he is just going to like, he's kind of in the Creed Humphrey. Like he can just dominate the man right across from him. Like he's just mm-hmm. so, so big. Um, yeah, no, I'm really excited. Um, God, yeah, I love Bill Biedenboe. I hope he never leaves. Pay yeah. him $8 million. I don't care. He deserves it. Like, yeah. For real. <laughs> uh, what next on offense? Um, I mean, we haven't really talked about receivers at all. Um, okay. 
shout out to Marquise Brown for playing what little he did in this game. Um, you know, obviously he wasn't at 100. Um, percent But every time I see him catch one of those little like um, inside uh, curls, like the deep hitch, I'm uh-huh. just like, God, that's so unfair. Right. It's so unfair that he can do that. Uh huh. Well, and what's what's hilarious about this game is that. You know, Marquise Brown barely played. He only had two catches for 22 yards. Um, He's, you know, arguably our best receiver. He's definitely our most explosive player on offense. Uh Um, So you're out, you're down that guy. Uh We're already down Rodney Anderson for the season. Yeah. And it just doesn't matter. Yeah. And this is an offense that replaced the Heisman winner at quarterback. Yeah. Like, and it just has freaking. We're a machine. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like I, I look, I look to next year, and I'm like, crap. We're losing a lot. We're losing off a lot on the offensive line. We're losing Kyler. Like, it's you know, it's going to be some pretty heavy losses. Probably losing Marquise Brown. But mm-hmm. it's like, we're probably still going to be pretty dang good. You know, <laughs> like yeah. we might not have the best offense in like the country, but we're probably going to have a top five offense. You know, on a on a rebuilding yeah. year, have a top five offense. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's absurd. It's absurd how good everything is. Um, yeah. Other like CD Lamb, like I, he is he's my favorite receiver on this team. Like he's so I love fun. that guy. Fun. I love that it's, guy. I I really like honestly. This is the thing I noticed about CD Lamb. He he has so much fun and he's so talented. That yeah. it's like. It's it's really enjoyable to watch him run, go out there and run these like he's a great route runner and then he's also got like nuts catch radius. Yeah. Okay. So this is this might be like stupid, but um, watching CD Lamb, the person that I think of more when I watch CD Lamb play football more than anyone else, I think of Steph Curry. And let me <laughs> let me explain. Okay. CD Lamb like plays with this like it just seems like everything is so easy and nonchalant to him while he's yeah. on the field like he yeah. catches the ball and he just kind of throws it up you know just like <laughs> everything's just like crazy easy he looks like he doesn't care that much but you know he's like having a blast out there yeah and, like, that's a, that is Steph exactly Curry on the yeah. basketball court you know what I mean <laughs> and like I guarantee you if cd lamb played for texas i would despise him for it because i i hate that is my least favorite thing about steph curry it's just like it looks like he's like yeah i'm better than everybody else you know it's just like it's not fair and i hate it i hate it so much but that's what i think of when i see cd lamb and i love it a lot with him because he plays for my team and he's fantastic um i don't know like just his catch radius like you said it's just limitless like that i mean that first third down conversion we threw like where kyler put that ball and like Uh how easy cd made that catch look like it was just just yeah it's the sort of thing where like i'm never gonna be worried about a ball thrown his way being picked off because kyler murray can put it in the parking lot (laughs) Yeah. yeah exactly and like cd could come down with it or it could, you know, fly into the stands. And those are the options. Pretty much. Yeah. No, it's awesome. It's so fun. It's so much fun. 
Um, shout out to Grant, great at the opening, Calcaterra. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe having his best game of the season. You know, two yeah. catches, 57 yards, a touchdown. Like, only two catches, but, you know, in this offense, that's a pretty significant amount. That's tied for yeah. third most on the team in catches yeah, like for the game. Yeah, 12 different – hey, here's the thing we haven't talked about. 12 different players caught a ball yesterday – or Saturday. Yeah. No, it's cr- – like, I mean, we had Reggie Turner out there. Yeah. <laughs> making dudes miss. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so like nobody had more than four catches, CD Lamb and Trey Sermon. And then after that, it was like four different guys had two, and then six guys had a catch. You know, yeah. so it's like you got to make the most of them. And that's exactly what Grant Calcaterra did. Like he had a 35 yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I remember that play specifically because, like, as soon as it started, it was like, oh, we're about to score. Like you could just, <laughs> as the play developed, like, oh, He's running wide open. Okay. Yep. Um, so that that was fun. Um, Charleston Rambo. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Oh, that's sad. Here's okay. I'm gonna make an argument here. Uh-huh. Okay. First of all, I don't think you could ask for a better pass from Nick Basquin. <laughs> Seeing as how he is a receiver. This is, yeah. And he threw a perfect spiral and hit him in the hands. Mm-hmm. However, that was not the easiest catch in the world. Like, no, I'm not. It just, I'm, it, yeah, it's. He it's, should have caught it. He should have caught it. Yeah. But he was like running full speed, fully extended. Yeah. Like, it would have been like, it's not. A crazy easy catch. Like he could have, it could have been. Honestly, Nick Basquin could have probably thrown it a little bit worse, and that would have been a catch. It probably you know would I mean? have been easier. Yeah, like yeah, because no, no, Nick Basquin put that ball where it needed to be. If like, um, Charleston Rambo was running a go route on like press coverage, like, and he had a like he had a step on a guy, that's where that ball has to be. But it right. didn't have to be there this time yeah. and the reality is that if it was somewhere else it'd probably be easier to catch yeah like if he under if he had underthrown it a little bit it would have been easier to catch but like i mean honestly like shout out to nick Vasquez for being able to throw it that well like he yeah. literally threw a perfect pass um and charleston rambo has to catch it but i'm not i'm just saying like it wasn't yeah. the easiest catch in the world that he dropped yeah. and he did have his first career catch um you know that's my thing with Charleston Rambo is that he looks good in a football uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, hot sports opinion right there. <laughs> um, I I think this is a guy like he if he can just find some consistency like he's he seems to be one of those guys and from everything I've kind of read and heard about him like mm-hmm. he will make some CD Lamb style catches in practice where it's just like holy crap mm-hmm. but then like he'll drop easy little hitch routes or something. You know, and yeah, so if he can just put it all together, I think we've got another like star receiver there. I really do. I mm-hmm. think he has that kind of talent. Um, and he, honestly, if you look at the receivers that we have coming in, like he's going to have to do it like now, like he's going to have to like this offseason is, is his time mm-hmm. or else he's going to get buried on that depth chart. Yeah. He's going to be A.D. Miller if he can't. Um, really put it all together this offseason. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, poor Eddie Miller also got robbed of a probably could have been a touchdown on uh, with that pass oh, interference. Oh, pass interference. Yep. yep. Yeah. And like, I'm gonna um, say that. like, I don't dislike Ad Miller. Like, I think Ad Miller is actually pretty good, but like, yeah. he's just behind better players. And yeah, that's just going to be Charleston Rambo's fate if he can't get it all together yeah. this offseason. Especially given, especially given the guys who are coming in this spring. Yeah, Theo Weiss, uh, Trajan Bridges, like there's some studs coming in. So yeah. Um, last, I mean, I think the last receiver we really should talk about is uh, what the hell happened to TD Lee Morris? Um, two <laughs> catches, eleven yards, no touchdowns. What's going on with Lee? He got jobbed, man. He got jobbed. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had to. He had to catch like, like a. He had to catch like a quick curl in the middle of the yeah. field. He can't turn that into a touchdown. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I think I think Lee needs to make more of his catches. I I, I just didn't <laughs> see the effort. I just didn't see the effort from Lee Morris. I didn't see the want to. For him to get in the end zone this week, so I don't know. I'm I'm a bit concerned about the future of Lee Morris. You know, he's really going to need to step it up. He's now he's now caught 14 passes in his career, and you know, only still eight touchdowns. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to need I'm going to need Lee Morris to really step it up. You know, otherwise um, he's just not going to see the field much. Looking at keeps playing the way he's playing. So. Um, Okay, a couple more things on offense. I just I just thought of um, some reserves got in because we obviously dominated. Um, TJ Pleasure ran really, really, really hard. Yes, he did. And I don't think a running back has ever been more opposite of Trey Sermon than TJ Pleasure. Like they <laughs> are complete and total opposites in every way. Mm-hmm. Trey Sermon's a big back that's very patient and he takes his time, not crazy fast and hit the hole. TJ Pleasure is kind of a smaller guy. And like that dude's right trigger is mashed as soon as he gets the ball. <laughs> like there is no, yeah. like he gets it and he is going. If there's not a hole too bad, he's going to make one because mm-hmm. he is going. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> He, I mean, he had a good game, though. Yeah, um, no, I, I like it. I yeah, like yeah. The, the contrast right there. And, like, yeah. I think moving forward, like, he's different enough from Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon that that's the kind of guy that you, you can use as your third back. You know, yeah. kind of a an, another change of pace that we have to kind of offer. I don't yeah. think we'll see it a lot this year, but moving forward to next uh-huh. year. Yeah. Um, and speaking of next year, the last, last offensive guy that I have, um, Austin Kendall. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to take a moment to. Um, ad- I don't know. I admire Lincoln Riley so much. Yeah. For the sell job that he did to convince us that Austin Kendall and Kyler Murray were tied <laughs> all the way until like a yeah. week and a half before the first game. Like that, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like I, I'm impressed by that. Um, because I'm not saying what I saw from Austin Kendall was bad. Like it really was. I mean, he, okay. He can't throw a freaking two yard pass to a fullback to save his life. Apparently. Evidently. But, but I think he, he did see, he looks okay about there. Um, Mm -hmm. 
but just he's just not on the same level. Like he's not on the same plane as Kyler, as like just from a talent on the field. Like there's just not. Yeah. Like it's amazing. I wish I could have. Like it just makes me wish I could have seen what was actually happening, because like it could not have been close. Like it really yeah. couldn't. Yeah. Unless unless in practice, just like, and it doesn't even make sense because people don't touch him anyways. But like, unless the blue jerseys just affects Kyler that much, <laughs> and it it totally wouldn't because like, how often does he wind up actually getting touched anyways? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, Maybe it's the sort of thing like when, so when I was in elementary school, um, the basketball team, um, we had tryouts, um, and I never made it to the Wednesday, to the Wednesday day of the tryout week because I had piano practice, and so I didn't make the varsity basketball team, and we can only assume that this was the only reason. Um, and I just wonder if maybe the same thing happened with Kyler, like he had he had baseball stuff one day, and that held him back, held him back. In the competition. Well, I don't. I don't think there. He ever missed any football stuff. No, I, I think there. I mean, maybe like the baseball stuff affected the way he played. Yeah. Um, just because he was doing so much at the same time, but I don't think he ever missed a football practice. Mm-hmm. Um, because of a baseball thing, if I remember right, I think that was one of the things that Lincoln was super. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, oh, he's not missing football stuff. No, he, he'll be at everything. You know, so I don't know. Like, I mean, I think there's something because, like, I remember, you know, the spring game or whatever. Like, he didn't have his best game. But if you look at the weekend that he had of that spring game, you're like, no human being could play well in this scenario. So um, I don't know. Maybe that had something to do with it. And Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of it, honestly, I think Lincoln just didn't want Austin Kendall to transfer. Like, I think that was really his biggest concern. Like, I think he was like, I don't want to have to go through this year with Kyler and Tanner Mordecai as my only quarterbacks. So I'm going to sell this thing to the very end to see if, if Austin will stick around. Mm. Um, I think that's probably more of, of what it was. And again, I admire that and props to Lincoln Riley for, for being able to pull it off because that was, it was truly impressive. Um, Speaking of okay, this, I just thought of this. Um, you know, you know Ian Boyd, right? Yeah, I've been wanting to bring this up on a podcast um, <laughs> because He's still, his his hot take that Kyler didn't understand the offense. Yeah, yeah, I'm on this. I'm on this, and I, I was wanting to bring this up, hopefully with with uh, with Nathan on the podcast at some point because I think he might have been the one that showed it to me at the time, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, Ian Boyd, after that that spring game we just talked about, he tweeted something along the lines of, it's so painfully obvious that Kyler Murray doesn't grasp Lincoln Riley's offense. And he was talking about, if I were Lincoln, I would go with whoever else I have and just plan for next year because they're not going to be able to do anything this year. (laughs) Um, Let me... Yeah, let me see if I can find it. Like, it was, like, in hindsight, like, no, this is Ian Boyd's worst take about Oklahoma among many, many bad ones. Yeah, and this is a, I think Ian Boyd is generally a pretty smart football dude, but he's just, there is something about him, and I think he he actually is a Texas fan, 
So oh, he's, he's absolutely he is just a huge con- Texas fan. He is consistently exactly wrong about Oklahoma. Like he yeah. thought that Blake Bell was gonna like win the Heisman. <laughs> yeah. Like he he really thought he was the second coming of Tebow in that offense. Um, he was really excited about the 2014 offense as well. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness! All right. Um, one thing I will give Ian, Ian Boyd a little credit for, and it's not even really he doesn't deserve it because anyone could have seen this. He was super low on Mike Stoops and he thought he was terrible, which mm-hmm. I mean, that's He's not yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, anyone could have seen that coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me see. Okay. Do you want to talk about something and see if I can find this? <laughs> Cause I, I really want to be able to read these tweets. Okay. Oh, I really hope he's like deleted them. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, I guess I could talk a little bit about the defense while you're doing this. I can sort okay. of move on and then we can move back. Um, I mean, the defense performed really well. Um, I don't have the buck score in front of me, but something like 150 yards before they pulled the starters, which was really good. I mean, not that Kansas State offense, but they did play like they didn't play any Alex Dalton. So like, that and I mean that was really what a lot of people thought was holding them back was uh, Snyder's dedication to doing two quarterbacks when Skylar Thompson was clearly the better quarterback. Um. Uh. Yeah, they really limited Alex Barnes, who had been running all over people in the past two games. Just a really impressive performance, um, and we also got to see Jalen Redman, um, my my dude, Jalen Redman. Um, go off um, his first tackle for the loss. Um, I will say, I <laughs> it was nuts, um, but it was almost certainly the tight end on the edge's fault because <laughs> literally he just runs by him, um, just right onto the draw, and like you just can't design a play that way. Um, so to me, I think that that's the tight end not understanding what play they were running. But uh, now he made. I mean, he made another great stop in the backfield. Two and a half tackles for the loss on the day. Um, dude is fast. Um, and I did last week say that he was going to be, uh, uh, the, you know, the next coming of Jadavian Clowney. And I don't know, that first play did seem pretty Jadavian Clowney-like. I mean, he didn't proceed to force a fumble and then pick it up himself. But, you know, we're getting there. Have you found this tweet yet? Um, unfortunately, no. Uh, I think I'm getting a little... Do what? Do you think he deleted it? I don't know. I got everything's so out of order. I wish I wish there was Hang more on. organization. Twitter. I searched his name, Kyler Murray, and I'm not. I'm just not seeing it. I'm seeing him like compare him to Ant Man at one point, and I was confused by that. <laughs> Is it because he's short? Yeah, I think it's because he's like super small. But okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> he's been re- he's been really high on him like this year. Like he's obviously not like stupid, but like mm-hmm. I just I literally remember like he was because his big thing was he's not high on you coming into this year because they still have Mike Stoops at co- as their defensive coordinator and there's just no way they can replace Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah, and like I just you, you was just like yeah you could you could just tell that Kyler just does not grasp the offense and he was like using baseball 
as a reason why there's just no way that he could because he plays baseball too. Um, okay. But yeah, sorry. I they did happen. I promise those tweets did occur. I remember I just, them. I definitely remember I just, them. I just want to call out Ian Boyd for being wrong. <laughs> Super wrong. Um, we have uh, replaced Baker Mayfield quite effortlessly. Yeah. So. And we're going to replace Kyler really eff- effortlessly with once uh, Spencer Tanner gets Mordecai? into town. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have um, a question. And, okay. And we're getting kind of unorganized here, but who cares? Um, <laughs> there's been like a relatively high amount of successful true freshman quarterbacks this year. Yeah. Um, if you look around the country. Um, you know, obviously, you know, JT Daniels is not the best example of this, but he started from the beginning of the year. And, like, yeah. he's also in a horrible position because yeah. his team is, like, trash. So that Yeah, hurts. and he's also, like, a high school. But Yeah, he's a full year younger than, like, a regular true freshman would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the best example of this is the great Brock Purdy. Oh, um, yeah. I mean can't argue with results there. Uh Um, And my my, my thought process is I don't see any reason why Spencer Rattler wouldn't be able to be as good as Brock Purdy, as much as that pains me to say. (laughs) Um, Because, I mean, Brock Purdy's been incredibly good. Like, he's been great since inserted in that lineup. But just, you know, given the, like, situation Spencer Rattler's going to be going into and the talent that he has, I don't think there's any reason why he shouldn't be able to do what Brock Purdy has done. So my question would be, how good is an Oklahoma offense with a Brock Purdy-esque quarterback leading it? Um, I mean, still really good. I don't know if it's number one in the country. But, like... The like the rushing game like would be still be so good that it wouldn't totally matter, right? You know, um, and I, I also happen to think that Spencer Rattler is maybe a little bit better than Brock Purdy. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly from a talent perspective, but you know, just yeah, if we could yeah. get if if, if we Brock could get Purdy Brock is the floor. Purdy, yeah, if we could get Brock Purdy production out of Spencer Rattler next year, like I think this is. I I struggle. Like it's not a it's not worse than top three offensively. Yeah. Um, the only reason why I say it's not probably not number one is because Alabama is still gonna have Tua. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they're not gonna get worse. So that you know yeah. whatever. But so I um, I don't know. I watched I watched some Spencer Rattler highlights the other day again. Which yeah. hey everybody just go watch his highlights. Um. There and he's done making them. So. Uh, not missing anything. You know, there's no more reason to wait um, because, I mean, I guess we could talk about this now. Um, yeah. Hey, hold on. Uh, did you, yeah. Did I tell you about see, watching one of his games on Twitter? You watched one of his games on Twitter? Yeah, they have these, like, Friday night things where they will, like, broadcast a high school football game on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and one of those nights it was Spencer Rattler's team, so I, like, tuned in, watched a few mm-hmm. possessions. Watched a little bit. Watch some pinnacle and Spencer Rattler is 100% the kind of quarterback that like pays attention to his completion percentage stats because multiple times in the time that I watched him, 
instead of throwing it away, he would just like run out of bounds for like an eight yard loss. Um, <laughs> when he easily could have thrown the ball away. And like, I, I, I admire that in a, oh, yeah. uh, in a young quarterback to be, yeah. to just like care that much about your own stats in high school. I actually, <laughs> I think that's an admirable thing. Um, obviously you hope he would not do that in college yeah. because it's actually going to matter. But like, when you're in high school and like you're just trying to put up some stats and get attention, like I'm mm-hmm. down with that. Yeah, absolutely. And it was like the team was his team was killing the other team, so it wasn't like hurting his team or anything. But like, yeah. I just thought it was hilarious that like this kid was, you know, taking eight yard losses whenever he could have just thrown the ball out of bounds because mm-hmm. he didn't want to throw the incompletion. I um, to me the th- the things that I always like, a Spencer Rattler is really good at throwing on the move, and B. Like he is absolutely nuts at throwing passes as he's crossing the line of scrimmage, um, and like so that's just going to be really fun. Um, but yeah, so essentially the reason we're talking about Spencer Rattler, by the way, is that he um, got like kicked out of his high school football program for like ethics code violations or something. Um, yeah. And it's been remarkable how little has actually come out about what he yeah. actually did. Yeah. Like, it, it's not a legal issue. Yeah. And it's not a, It's not like he got expelled from school. Like, he no. just got kicked off the football team. Yeah. Which... I have... Yeah, I, I have no heard idea. two theories. Bam. All right, hit, hit me with them. Okay. The first is that he was smoking weed. Okay. Um, which cool. Um, and the second was that he had sex in a bathroom at school. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess either one of those. You're not. It's not gonna like because OU was very quick to be like, yeah, no, we're still taking him. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, I. I mean, honestly, the the weed would be more concerning to me because it is so, like if he does if he's not if he's not smart about it in college, he'll yeah that will yeah, actually affect it'll his be an actual problem. Yeah, you know, and like I mean, I'm not saying that like you should totally just have sex in the bathroom all the time. Like, don't do that, but like uh, that's easily fixable. Like, just yeah, do it literally. You know, just yeah. go home. You know, it's not yeah. not hard. Just go home and ask, and you're good. Um, <laughs> Asking, very important. Very important. Very important. Um, okay. okay. Um, but and yeah, so that's the Spencer. listening to the answer. That is, that that's is the other thing, is you do have to do what the answer is. Yeah. Um, okay. But that's the Spencer Rattler news. Like, he's, yeah. he's done playing high school football, um, which is, a, you know, it's sad because it's going to, leave the question mark up as to whether or not he's the greatest high school football player in the history of Arizona or whatever. But like, yeah, yeah he already said, he already set the state record. Yeah. yeah. He did what he could. And like, think about this though. Think about it. We're going to go from Kyler Murray who arguably the best high school football player in Texas, high school football history. Mm-hmm. And that we we're going to have a guy with that, that same conversation has been had about him in his state. Like, that's pretty cool yeah. to me. Yeah. You know? So, um, and I, I'm not saying like Spencer Rowley is definitely going to win the job. I'm just saying, I hope it does. 
Yeah, I'm. I am a Spencer Rattler stand, so I'm going to say he will. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if he were coming in for the spring, I'd feel way, way, way better. But it's, yeah, it's fine. Um, do we want to talk more about defense? Because we kind of just completely left that. Well, yeah. Um, um, so you talked about you talked about Jalen Redmond, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that dude is going to be a monster. Like, I could not be more shocked as like to what I'm seeing. Like that dude was not playing football three and a half weeks ago. Yeah. You know? He was also like, not that, playing football three years ago. Yeah. Like he's new to the sport in general. And then he's insanely new to college football because he hasn't been practicing or doing much because he had freaking blood clots. Yeah. You know, like that's it's insane that this guy is able to go out on the field as a true freshman with not much practice time and, like, look like an impact player. Like, I would have been impressed if he just went out there and didn't look out of place. But he, like, not only doesn't look out of place, like, he just is making plays while he's out there. Like, that's unbelievable to me. Um, And, like, the idea of having him and Ronnie Perkins on the edges moving forward is, like, (laughs) the stuff of dreams. So. That's that's fun. That's gonna be really good. Um, I thought Saturday was made, like one of Kenneth Murray's better games, and, mm-hmm. and I know we said that after TCU too because he had some pass breakups and stuff. But like he is finally starting to show like the benefit of him like just being a freakish athlete at that position. Yeah, you know? like yeah. when he ran down Skylar Thompson from behind in the first quarter. Yeah, like that was on third down. Like. They extend the drive if he doesn't make that play. And he mm-hmm. did. Like, they're not but a handful of middle linebackers in the country that can make that play. And, you know, he's finally starting to put it together. He's mm-hmm. he's the total package. Like, he is – if he can play like he's playing, like, he is a – he's an NFL middle linebacker. Or, yeah. Like, he's, he's going to be really good. Um, Curtis Bolton's still playing really well. You know, yeah. he made some plays in the backfield that, like, that that dude just knows how to play football. That's really mm-hmm. what it's kind of come yeah. down to. And, like, we were super big Caleb Kelly fans. Like, good Lord, I don't know what's going to happen there. Like, that dude can't get on the field. Um, but Curtis Bolton is just simply, like, he's just a good player. Like, he just yeah. knows where to be. He's not, the most imphysic- he's not the most physically imposing player in the world. Mm-hmm. If you could combine him and Caleb Kelly into one, that'd be an All-American. Right yeah, there. like hundred yeah. percent. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, that is not yeah. no, that's not possible. The case we we haven't reached that yet. Um, Buki, Buki, <laughs> the man. <laughs> it's like awesome that I'm like that was by far his best game, and he only played a quarter. <laughs> yeah, because like. He finally got the big hit he's been looking for all year. Yeah. He like has that been, dude's been trying that since Florida like, Atlantic. He, like, blasted a dude out of bounds on the sideline, like, against UCLA. And everyone's like, oh, yeah. okay. That's the thing Buki can do. And then yeah. he just really wanted to do it again. Oh. Um, and he finally did it. And he broke up a pass. And, and he almost and, killed himself. And almost died. Um, yeah. That dude was massive, first of all. The tight end that he lit up, six oh, foot yeah. seven, like two fifty. Yeah. yeah. Like easily uh, easily one point six bookies in that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
and Buki put him on his ass and like maybe <laughs> injured him um, yeah. with a legal hit. Like it's astonishing how big. legal that hit was. Yeah, it was like because when you see a hit like that, you automatically just assume, well, crap, he's he just targeted. But then you yeah. saw the replay, and it was like, in no scenario could that be viewed as targeting. Like he yeah. just he textbook that that's the kind of hit that is what they are wanting guys to do. Yeah. In ter- instead of like you know, on the big hits, that's the kind that is textbook mm-hmm. big hit in yep. the modern football era. Like that's yeah. what they want, and he did it. Now, preferably, you know. It's not a five foot eight guy doing it to a guy that's a foot taller than him, but yeah, um, like that was <laughs> that was awesome. And I I cannot remember the last time we had a safety come downhill like that and yeah. just lay and a dude out yeah. like that. Y'all watch the replay of that and just see how far Buki moves on this play. It's incredible. Like, and because and the thing is like you know. He has to diagnose this play basically immediately in order to get over there in time. Mm-hmm. And then he, I mean, he breaks up the pass, pass with a huge hit. This is like, this is why Buki's on this team. And it's really cool to finally see it happen, even if it like took him out of the game. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's any reason to think he'll be out long. No. no I think he'll be, no. I think he'll play this week. Yeah. Like that dude, he was like, there's video of him like jumping around on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He was fine. They were holding him out for precautionary reasons, you yeah. know, and that I think yeah. that was a smart decision. But I'm just happy that like we fi- we finally got that big hit. We, like Buki made a play. Yeah, know? like that is, uh, you know, that that's a play. Like I'm trying to think of other plays Buki's made, and like most of them are just like almost he's, plays that he's made yeah you know yeah. like he still I, technically like broke up a pass when he like he, he did break up that pass. yeah but like he didn't make the play that he wanted to make yeah. you know what i mean and that's like legitimately one of the first times where you're like okay everything like his ability to read offensive plays as they develop mm-hmm. um and react and use his athleticism to get over yeah. there like everything finally lined up to where um yeah it it was just like that was it that was what you think or that's what you expected to see regularly with Buki and mm-hmm. we finally saw it maybe yeah. not necessarily laying out 6 foot 7 guys but that kind of <laughs> instincts yeah. and athleticism on display mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that you that we were looking for coming into this year mm-hmm. <sighs> all right anything else off uh defensively um I, I continue to be impressed with uh, Robert Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that guy is going to be really important, um, especially you know if you're if we're talking you know playoff type football, which yeah we yeah will do I would like to be yeah yeah uh, that's the kind of guy you need to you know just to come up and help and run support. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he's gonna you know he's been a very sure tackler so far. Yeah. Is what I'll say about him. And like I haven't noticed anything like glaring in the the passing game to where he's just lacking in that regard. So yeah. um, being able to put a guy with his size out there, it's, it's almost like having a, another linebacker out there to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, that's, that's needed. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Dylan Famatahu for laying what is probably technically the second biggest hit of the game <laughs> and doing it from the sideline. Yeah. He's lucky, man. I yeah. thought that could have been a penalty for sure. But <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, good for good for him getting yeah. 
probably the biggest hit he's had all year. So, we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then overall, defensively, just we held Alex Barnes to 28 yards. Like, he was the leading rusher in the Big 12, headed into the game. And his longest run was five yards. So, yeah. we just held the guy in check yeah. the whole game. Like, he mm-hmm. never busted out for anything. Like, it was just a bunch of, like, two-yard runs, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's that's good enough. That's what you need. 245 yeah. yards for, for K-State, 4 of 12 on third down. Like, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's the yeah. kind of defense you need. They're ter- they're terrible. Kansas State's terrible. Yeah. Um, but we but, did what we we're supposed to do to terrible teams. Yeah, exactly. Good. Exactly. For the record, this was an 82 percentile performance, according to P- S&P, which is like back up to how we were before we played Iowa State. Like that was uh, this was an equivalent performance to what we put up up against you talking defense yes okay yeah what was the performance offensively it was a 90 percent percentile performance i'll take it yeah i'll take it (laughs) um all right anything else from this game i I really don't i really don't think there is um i i thoroughly enjoyed this game like i you know, I was I went and like the weather was great. I was in the shade for the majority of the game. It was mm-hmm. wonderful, um, and like just there was never like I knew we were gonna win after we got our first stop. Like yeah. it was just like oh we're gonna we're because coming in like I was a little bit nervous about you know the idea they had been and like K State had been talking all week we're gonna try to do what Army did to them and keep them off the field and uh-huh. like I didn't think it was going to work but i had some concerns about it like alex barnes was a concern to me um yeah but after we got that first stop i was like oh this is over because they're not going to stop us you know what i mean i will say um that after this game that was this is probably the maddest i've seen k-state fans ever get you know oh really like yeah they want they want snyder out they're tired of it they're done with it um yeah, so that's well, I, gonna get really awkward. <laughs> yeah, because they're they're not gonna fire him. They can't fire him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I mean it, it sucks, but that's he's gonna hold that program hostage. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like, here's my my question. Mm-hmm. Why not just hire his son? And, and my have, qu- what? Go ahead. I get like. So the idea is you hire him, he sucks, and then you can fire him, and it's fine. Yeah. Then everything's fine. Everybody's happy. Like you gave his son a chance, didn't work. Then you can move on. But now, like Bill Snyder signed for like five more years. Yeah. Know? So like, I don't know. Like uh, to me, it's just like if you're not gonna do like force him out, uh-huh. then like get him out of there by like doing what he wants you to do. Yeah. Like, because like, yeah. Because I mean, you're past the whole point of like, well, you can't just like give in to that kind of demand like i mean bill bill snyder is that football program so just do what he wants like instead of it ending horrendously for him in charge just do what he wants let his son coach the team and like what if he's good you know like it's not (laughs) impossible right yeah yeah what if he's literally the next bill snyder like they'd probably be okay with that yeah um there's probably like a five ten percent chance of that but like mm-hmm. if he's not good then you know you've had a different coach before 
bring him, bring Bill Snyder back after that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally, totally kidding. But yeah. but then at that point you can actually move on instead of just this horrible like because Bill Snyder, what's going to happen is that like you said, that fan base is going to wind up hating him by the time he's done. Yeah. Because they're like it's gonna have been so long since he's actually had any real success, they're not gonna remember yeah. what he did for that program. Yeah, it's gonna be a yeah, it's gonna be a weird combination of them both forgetting the success he brought them and like the failure that came before him. Like yeah, absolutely. there's not a good way out of this for K State, and that's really unfortunate. Yeah. I think the best way is just hire his son. Just do it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> do it now. Do it now. Say, Bill, it's been good. You're going to step down. We're going to name Bill Jr. or whatever. His name's not Bill Jr. I think his name is Sean. It is Sean, yeah. We're going to name Sean interim head coach. We're going to see how that goes. Sean's going to lose every game, and they're going to hire somebody else. That'd be perfect. Do this. Hey, K-State Athletic Department. We're giving you an out here. Okay. That is... Um, Cool. Do we want to talk about yeah. some playoff rankings? Let's, let's talk about the playoff rankings. Because I, I just got to say, um, the fact that they do a TV show of this every week mm-hmm. um, from here on out, is it's, it's ridiculous. It's really it's, dumb. It's stupid. I am going to watch it. I literally all day was thinking, oh, I can't wait to get home so I can watch that. <laughs> I, I'm part of the problem. I am the problem. Yeah, like I am why this show exists, um, and you know, I've accepted it, and uh, it's fine. Uh, I came home and I watched that. I even watched some of the analysis behind it afterwards. Um, I gained nothing from this, but I enjoyed it, and that's it. Um, Alabama's number one, as we all knew that yeah. would happen. Yeah, it's not even a little bit surprising. Clemson is strong number, number two. Yeah. Um, the like, I mean, number three LSU. I mean, maybe a little controversial that they're ahead of yeah. an undefeated Notre Dame, but not really if you look at Notre Dame's no. schedule. Like no. the fact that Notre Dame has that Michigan win to lean on, like, kind of pisses me off because they had no business winning that game. Yeah. Like, if they were to play today, like if they played Michigan ten times, I think Michigan probably wins seven, yeah. seven or eight. Like, I think it's one of those, like, it's the same way I feel about OU in Texas. Like, it's yeah. just on that day, Notre Dame beat Michigan, and it just wouldn't happen again. Yeah, um, and it's really annoying because, like, 7-1 and one Notre Dame is, like, 10th at best. Yeah. Me. With the schedule yeah, they played. terrible. Their schedule's yeah. terrible. This is, this is totally two, 2012 all over again. They're just playing an ass schedule and winning every game. And it's just like, what are you supposed to do with them? Yeah, and, like, they're even squeaking out games that, like, you know, they squeaked it out against Vanderbilt. They squeaked it out against Pittsburgh. Like, yeah. these are bad football teams that they're having to squeak out wins, and they, they've gotten their – they're 8-0 they're because of it. And I, mm-hmm. I hate it. Um, it makes me mad, but that's, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, we're, we're looking – we're sitting here literally, and we need Northwestern, Florida State, Syracuse, or USC to pull off an upset. Yeah, like, and I that annoys me. But um, number five, Michigan. Number six, Georgia. Number seven, Oklahoma. 
Number eight, Washington State. Number nine, Fighting March Stoopses. Speaking <laughs> Old of Kentucky. That, speaking of teams that aren't as good as their record, um, and Ohio State at number 10. Um, and I beyond that, Iowa State's number 24. The Brock Purdy is in the top 25, so that's fun. There you go. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so how do we feel about these rankings generally? So, I will say, I think OU is the third best team in the country right now. Yeah. Um, I think OU is properly ranked in this ranking right here. Yeah. So. Like, I think whenever I was thinking about what I would do and what I think the committee would do, this is pretty much the exact top seven that I had in my head going mm-hmm. into this. Yeah. Um, I, I, I figured OU would be number seven behind Georgia. Um, and I, I don't have a huge problem with it because, like, I mean no. – I mean, Georgia has a win. They just beat Florida, who's number 11 in their rankings. That's a better win than anybody, anyone OU's uh-huh. beaten. So um, I don't have a problem with that. Obviously, I think Michigan's a pretty good team. I have no problem with them being ahead of us. Yeah. Notre Dame's undefeated, and they beat Michigan, so they, they deserve to be ahead of us. LSU's got maybe the most impressive resume in the country right now, uh, uh-huh. just based on the teams that they've beaten. So cool. Yeah. I don't really, uh, yeah. And yeah, and then obviously we know about Alabama and Clemson, which uh-huh. I think one thing that's being kind of over like Clemson is starting to play like they're supposed to, you know? Yeah, they're getting like, there, which is funny. They, just because I don't know, Clemson is weird because they play so many players every game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they're eight and zero, and they've looked iffy at times, and they've stopped sort of looking iffy. Yeah. No, they blew the doors off of NC State and there were a lot of people that thought that that would be a game that they could lose yeah um, and they just it was never close like yeah. the defensive line is is as dominant as you thought they would be Trevor Lawrence is starting to play like a five-star quarterback uh-huh. you know and that's that's huge for them they're still not I mean they're still not on Alabama's level right now but I think that there's a, a scenario that Clemson um, can kind of vault to that level by the end of the season they're definitely on the rise. Uh-huh. Um, but as far as the overall rankings, like, I just – I have no problems. Like, I, I think that this is fine. Like, I think if we're getting picky. Like, I think it's silly that UCF is 12 and Florida is 11 with two losses. Like, yeah, I think that's silly. But, like, that's always going to happen. Mm-hmm. I um, – like, because people point out that Florida being where it is means that um, the SEC – has the highest-ranked undefeated one-loss, two-loss, and three-loss teams. But, you know, there's a reason for that. Um, yeah. I think Wazoo at eight is... Conference. Yeah, I think Wazoo at eight is just weird. Um, yeah. I get it. Like, I do get it. But at the same time, it feels strange for them to be two spots ahead of Ohio State with the same record. Um, I think that... There are some ACC teams thrown into the bottom half of this that have no place being here. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, but that's, that's pretty fair. much it. Yeah. Um. So I think it's probably time for us to kind of talk about for the first time OU's path to the playoff. Yeah. Um. Because it's it's just it's definitely not as simple as winning out in your end. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to need some help because they had to go and lose to Texas. Um, yeah. So let's let's kind of go through 
the I mean Alabama probably needs to win out. Like that's the easiest scenario because if Alabama wins out, they're gonna eliminate LSU and Georgia. Yeah, right there, and that would move us up to five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I think so, yeah, I think Michigan has another loss in them. Yeah, no, I tend to so, agree. Yeah, um, and then Notre Dame, you know, just. Notre Dame needs to lose. Either Notre Dame needs to lose or um, the Big Ten needs to eliminate itself. And the way the Big Ten eliminates itself is Michigan needs to lose again. Uh, Maybe this weekend to Penn State and then go ahead and win out after that. And that would leave, that would make the Big Ten champ have two losses. Um, And then at that point, there's no way they're getting in over a one loss Oklahoma Big Ten Mm -hmm. camp. Um, yeah. I have a question. I was talking to one of my friends today, and he we disagreed on this. Um, if Ohio State wins out, they're in, right? Would you say? Um, would they get in over us if we both went out? It'd depend on. To me, I think that depends. Frankly, I think there are a lot of weird scenarios where us pantsing Texas in the Big Twelve Championship game counts for more than maybe it should so like, what if we don't like what if we don't play texas what if we play west virginia twice then I, I, ohio state? I think there's a real chance that ohio state has a path in if we don't play texas in the championship um but like like honestly i think even if notre dame wins out and we pants texas in the championship there's a legitimate argument to be made that you know oklahoma has the extra data point and it makes up for their loss um, but we'll just, see. It's, I, I mean, there still just isn't the precedent for this because we haven't had to deal with Notre Dame being good yet. Right. I, mean, I guess last year, but that it's hard. Quick too. It's hard for me to imagine them. I, I can't imagine they would leave out an undefeated Notre Dame. Like, yeah. I, even if it's, even if they should, like if Notre Dame squeaks by in their next four games, like I, mm-hmm. I think they'll make it and they'll get destroyed. Um, but, so that, that one's tough. Um, and then the Big Ten, like, to me, I think if Ohio State were to go and beat Michigan, they would get in. Because they would have wins over um, Michigan State, Michigan, and Penn State. Yeah. And either, um, I mean, who knows what's going on in the other conference or the other division in the Big Ten. Like, maybe in Iowa or something at that, that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, like, those are those are just better wins than what OU's probably going to have. Like, I mean, um, OU's going to have West Virginia to kind of hang its hat on, which is, is going to probably be a good win. But, I mean, they're not a top 10 team right now. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's it's kind of tough to – like, our schedule isn't good. Like, last year, that was one thing we could really lean on was, oh, our schedule was great. Like, we had a, yeah. a big road win against Ohio State. Like, there were there were some legitimately big time things to lean on with our schedule last year, and it's just not there this year. Yeah. Even though I think we're better this year. Yeah. Um. And so that that's what concerns me, is that I think that we're gonna need a little more help than probably even we think we are. I think we. I mean, we definitely need Notre Dame to lose, and I think it would just to be safe. The Big Ten to eliminate itself, you know? Yeah. And, like, even – I don't think they would just because of brands, but, like, 
Washington State's resume would be like not horrendous if they were to win out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's not helped by the fact that Washington's disappointing, but I don't know. Like their yeah. their schedule sucks. Like I mean that's they yeah. would I mean it's telling that. that like, you know, that Wazoo is leading its conference and is an ape, you know, with one loss. Like right. the this committee thinks that the Pac twelve is the worst power five conference. And they're right. Um yeah. no, they're not. The ACC is worse. But Yeah, at least the ACC has Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just a little bit like, you know, maybe Northwestern takes out Notre Dame this weekend and we're all fine and we've got kind of a clear path at that point. But yeah, um, I'm going to be rooting for Penn State. I'm going to be rooting for Northwestern this weekend. Yeah. Um, when does Ohio State play Michigan State? That's a good question. Well, it's, it's a week. It's next weekend. Because they next play Nebraska time. this weekend and then they've got at Michigan State. Like, if the Big Ten can just go ahead and eliminate itself, that would be just great. That'd be sweet. Just wonderful. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Go ahead and do that. Go get it done, James Franklin. Get it done this weekend yep. for us. <laughs> um, but, yeah, because, I mean, honestly, like, I wouldn't mind seeing Notre Dame make the playoff just to see them get embarrassed. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, this country deserves Alabama-Oklahoma at some point. Yeah, and that that's the kind of thing I've been thinking about it because, you know, now that we, I, since that Texas loss, it's like if we get in, we're probably going to be the four seed, mm-hmm. um, unless like like I said, like the Big Ten eliminates itself and Notre Dame loses, then maybe we can get in there at four. Um, but I I think uh, I think we if we get in, it'll be as the four seed, and that would put us up against Alabama, and that good lord. That's yeah. gonna be that'd be quite the game, um, yeah. and it would kind of suck because it's like, yeah, we'd probably lose again, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it would be like the sixth game in a row that like was either a national championship game or a semifinal that we lost. Yeah, um, but it, it, at the same time, it's like we're still getting there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and yeah. like, look how many teams aren't. You know, so it's like. I definitely want to get there. Like, there's no doubt. Like, I would prefer that. And, like, if we lose by 40, we lose by 40 to probably the best team ever. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not concerned about that. And I think we would put up a fight. Like, I think we would put some points on it. Yeah, and I think it's, like, at this point, what team, what other team would? Like, Clemson, maybe. Like, but the reality of, the reality of Clemson is that they've been really inconsistent on, you know, this whole year. And like they've got, they've certainly got the defensive talent, but like I don't know, I don't know that they have the offense. Well, yeah, and like last year, Clemson, I thought Clemson was going to beat Alabama, and they got embarrassed. So like, maybe they're not that close. You know? Yeah. So well, it's like, uh, like the reality is that like like Clemson's defense is better than Alabama's technically, but um, it's like I don't think I ultimately think that Alabama is. Better get to end up being better at both, um, and in that case, it's like at least Oklahoma. You know that their offense is better, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think in in a a game that feature, you know, a Clemson Alabama game, the best unit on the field is going to be that Alabama offense. Yeah. Whereas in an Oklahoma Alabama game, the best unit on that field is going to be the Oklahoma offense. 
Yeah. Even if it's like super close in, in that regard. And the fact that like it's going to be tilted because their defense is way better than ours. Um, mm-hmm. But just like coming into that game, OU has a better offense than now. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Do we have anything else that we that we need to discuss? Um, I, I don't kind of ran through everything. Yeah, that. I don't. I mean, Texas lost and that was funny. Oh, yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they lost to uh, my beloved Oklahoma State Cowboys. So, <laughs> yeah, I, had to, I told you Taylor Cornelius. Pretty good. <laughs> don't even start with Taylor Cornelius. Hey, um, man, that I just want to give props to Taylor Cornelius. I don't know how he was able to throw the football with his shoulder pads being that big, but <laughs> he got it done. Yes, he did. He got the job. Oh, done. man. He got, he got the job done on the ground, too. Like, he, he did. He, he did. He, he was a, and it was the threat. dumbest thing. Has Todd Orlando never seen a read option before? I don't think so. God. Yeah. No, that was awesome. Um, real quick, Tylen Wallace is a freak. Yeah. Like, that guy is awesome. Yeah. And it's like, Kinda too some. bad he's at OSU. Like, his... It's literally the only reason why he's at OSU is because his brother was like a two star that they were like a package deal, and OSU mm-hmm. was willing to take his brother because I, all oh, I'm not, I almost guarantee you OU would have gotten him if it had just been a him deal. Like we just didn't want his brother, mm-hmm. and that's that's unfortunate because that dude is a freaking stud. Like, yeah, ten catches, two hundred twenty-two yards, two touchdowns, like. OSU somehow always is just going to have like a Bolitnikoff candidate. Like it's just always going to happen. Yeah. Um, and he's their guy now. Like he's, he's awesome. Yeah. But even with that, even with a coat rack throwing to him, it's still yeah. like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was funny. Uh, do we have anything else? Um, I don't, there was, oh yeah. Georgia beat, uh, Georgia beat Florida. I didn't, yeah. I literally saw 0% of that game. Nope. So, that was just like it was a top ten matchup. So yeah, that's. Did were you surprised? No, I no. that was exactly what I thought would happen. Yeah, like I, I thought it like and it honestly even kind of went how I thought it would go. Like it was close for a long time, and then Georgia was able to score late multiple times and pull away. Like I don't know, like it was just pretty much exactly what I thought it would be. Like Florida's offense is horrendous. Like their defense is very very good. Um, it's basically the same Florida. They're just finding ways to win games now. So yeah, yeah, good for them. The quarterback had 105 yards passing on 21 Oops. attempts. Like Oops. that's just not that's, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they had okay. 275 yards total. So oh god, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I watch Big 12 football on Saturdays. I yeah. can't. Couldn't be me. Let me tell you, couldn't be me <laughs> watching a game where 275 yards of offense was yeah. Okay, I think that is about it. Um, can you think of anything else? No. All right. Well, Mello's ruining the Rockets. Go ahead. It's Sorry. really funny. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks so much for listening to the Oklahoma Drill. This has been Alex and Ryan. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or on Podbean. Follow us on Twitter at RWMaxi and at Alex P. Purdy. Um, and if you like the podcast, leave us a review or share it with a friend. Um, and we'll see you later in the week.